0: Welcome, listeners, to this Vetfolio educational podcast brought to you in part by Zoetis. This is your host, Matthew Lyon, and I'm pleased that you've decided to join us for this session where we'll be exploring what your clients aren't telling you, the truth about compliance and heartworm disease preventatives, with our guest speaker, Dr. Tom Nelson. Heartworm disease is serious and potentially fatal, making compliance with heartworm disease preventatives important for your patients. Just how challenging could compliance be in your practice? What are the solutions to improving compliance? Dr. Nelson, a past president of the American Heartworm Society, will be sharing his insights on this important topic. Please note that the information provided in this session is intended to provide you with practical and timely information to assist you as veterinary professionals. The views and opinions provided are those of our presenter and do not necessarily reflect the views or opinions of Vetfolio and its sponsors. Now let's dive into our presentation with Dr. Nelson. Do you remember the TV show
1: House? At some point during each episode, House would make a statement that everyone lies It didn't take very long in my veterinary career to realize clients lie. After all, when we go to the doctor, are we always truthful when asked questions? Then as veterinarians, are we fully aware of what is going on in our practices? Many veterinarians believe 80% of their clients have their pets on heartburn prevention and are shocked when analysis of records show that less than 50% of clients purchased any heartburn prevention and only 12 to 15% actually bought 12 months of product. Clients may not be telling us the truth, are more likely we're not asking the questions the right way. A pet owner market survey conducted where owners were asked by third party individuals about their habits. With regards to heart prevention, the results were very revealing. Turns out that clients are more likely to tell somebody they don't know the truth, they are to tell us. When you look at the use of heart prevention on a multi basis on the people that use prevention, the peak months of usage were June and July at 79 and 79, 7% respectively. And in August, it dropped to 58%, which is a 25% reduction. When you look at heartworm transmission in North America, the peak months of transmission are July and August, and August where we had that 25% reduction. And it drops down to 54 in September and below 50% in October. Again, those are peak months for heartworm transmission in many parts of North America. And year-round, only 34% were using product every month now when you ask these same people why they didn't use it year-round a small percent said well their vet didn't recommend it about 9% said well my pet doesn't go outside at all about 25% said well I quit giving at the end of season but the number one reason why people didn't get prevention year-round 42% was because they forgot now I got to share a story with you back in 1982 I gave my fiance, my future wife a little black lab puppy as a Christmas present yeah, we named him Joe, and Joe was our first child. Three months later, in March, we got married, and three months after that, we got a black lab female named Katie. And like I said, these were our first kids. They went everywhere with us. They went camping with us. You name it, they were with us all the time. Three years later, Katie had her first litter of puppies, and my wife had our first kid. Three years after that, Katie had a second litter of puppies, and our wife had their second kid. And five years after that, Katie had her third litter of puppies, and we had our third kid. Every time Katie was pregnant, my wife was pregnant. But as I said, these were our first kids. Well, in 1982, the only thing we had for heartburn prevention was thiethylcarbamacine citrate. And so I gave my dogs full airbits. So I would keep the big tub of 180 milligram full airbits, in the food bin where you know, I kept the food for the dogs. And every morning when I would go out to feed the dogs... I'd take them, give them the flarebits and then i am give them their food. And there's one thing about a Labrador. A Labrador will not let you forget to feed it. So I was extremely compliant, never, ever missed a day of harbor invention. Well, a few years later, oxybenazole helped with intestinal worms, and I'm living on the Gulf Coast of Texas. Whipworms, ramworms are a big problem, so I switched to Flarebits plus. Well, Flarebits plus, the oxybenazole gave it a little bit of an aftertaste, and Joe didn't quite like it as well. So I give him his bit and he frequently drops it. But I just sit there and hold his food bowl until he finally ate that fularibit. Well, after nine years of fularibit, I'm out of town on weekend and went off to, to a conference, and my wife gives Joe his fularibit, and he dropped it. She picks it up gives it to him again, and he dropped it again. Now, my wife had worked at the clinic. She knows how bad heartwarming prevention products are how good they are, but she also knows how bad heartworms are in our area. So she stuffs that pill down his throat on the third try. And after that, Joe would never, ever take heartworm prevention again. So in 1991, I switched Joe and Katie from Fularibits to Interceptor and so I could give it once a month. Well, it's a year later and going out of town for a weekend. And I said, leaving the dogs at the clinic, so I asked my technician, say, while I'm gone, go ahead and get Joe and Katie, let's get their vaccines updated. Let's get him tested for heartworm, get him tested for intestinal worms. Well, I get back, picked him up on Monday, and the technician says, uh, Dr. Nelson, how do I to tell you this, but Joe tested positive for heartworm. I said, there is no way in the world that Joe can be positive. Go ahead and send it off the lab. Let's get it confirmed. Well, we send it off, and it comes back positive. Try telling your wife that the dog that you gave her as a Christmas present when you're engaged, you're basically your first child has heartworm. It wasn't a very pleasant conversation. Joe went through heartworm treatment. Everything went okay. He did survive. But besides being our first child, Joe was also my hunting dog. And after that, he would never was able to perform at the same level as before having heartworms. Now, we know better about things like that than to hear my dog got heartworm. When I typically go out and I speak live, I always ask the veterinarians, the technicians in the office, how many give heartworm prevention every month or the injection every six months? and are never any later than one week. And I might get 10 to 20% of the people raise their hand that they're actually compliant. I was not compliant. Now, if I know better and I'm not compliant, how can we expect our clients to be compliant? Compliance has two components. There's client compliance and clinic compliance. Client compliance is a client doing what they're told. You know, we basically say, give the product every month, and they do what we tell them to. Clinic compliance on their hand is making sure the client is properly educated, making sure the client has adequate product for each pit in a household for the number of months we want to treat it, knowing how to use the product, knowing the importance of giving it every day of the same month, not just monthly. Give it the first of this month, and the middle of next month is once a month, but just not every 30 days and we started with delaying by a couple of weeks. We get into gray areas on how these products work. I want to share three compliance studies that have been conducted over the last three decades. First, in 1995, there was a presentation at the Heartworm Symposium where they were looking at, they evaluated veterinary dispensing records on heartworm prevention from 50 clinics in a highly heartworm endemic area. And only 52% of the compound patients received any heartworm prevention when look at this area, and other patients that did receive heartworm prevention, only 75% purchased the required doses. Fast forward to 2008, you know, about 13 years later, Maryel commissioned a compliance survey, and there are some good maps out there that people saw. But what they found that 64% of dogs left at veterinary clinics without any heartworm prevention at all. Now it was better in the southeast, which is around 56%, which is that other study back in 95 was again was an endemic area, which is in the 50% range. But 56% in the southeast were with, left without any prevention. And then we go into 2013. Zoe so had a similar study found that 63% of animals or dogs nationwide left without any prevention. Again, higher in the southeast, but less in the other parts of the country. And you go out to the west coast and it dropped down to like 18% receiving any prevention at all. Interesting enough, you start looking at intestinal worms, especially roundworms, if you go out to the states of Washington and Oregon and California, they have one out of 39 of those animals will have roundworm. But you go to hot, human southeast Florida, Georgia, South Carolina, it's one out of 139 have intestinal worm. Now, AHA has done several studies, they had one in 2003, one in 2009, and where they looked at compliance on vaccines and heartworm tests and heartworm prevention. The average on vaccines for compliance in those practices was about 85%, which is pretty good. And on heartworm testing, the compliance, again, was around 85%. But on heartworm preventives, the average was down at 50%. If you look at that, we wonder why we have such a higher compliance on vaccines and heartworm tests than we do on preventives. I've asked practices, how many people send reminders for vaccines or for exams, for heartworm tests, and it's probably almost 100% across the board, 90% or more, are going to send a reminder for those services. But when I ask the same audience how many people send reminders for preventives, it's down to about 20%. This AHA study also looked at factors that affected compliance, and some of these factors are under the control of the practice and the staff, but there are a lot of these factors that we have no control over at all. Factors that strongly associated with adherence to our recommendations that we couldn't control was the species. People that had dogs were more likely to use prevention than people that had cats. If they had no young children in the house, they were more likely to use prevention because they're not being distracted with all the things we have to do in taking care of our kids. Factors that we can't control but had no bearing on adherence according to the client was the age of the pet, consulting the internet, the pet owner gender, the socioeconomic status or the cost of the medication. And causes, which we often as professionals think is one of the major factors, according to the owner, had nothing to do about their compliance. Factors that affected adherence that we can control was communication, overall communication, consistency message, getting the same message from the receptionist, from the technical staff, from the veterinarian. They were all on point saying the same thing, repeating it over and over is very important in getting compliance, having written information, handouts. The more often the client came to the veterinary practice, the more likely they are to be compliant. If they see the same veterinarian in the practice, each time they're more likely to be compliant. The longer we spend in a visit, the more demonstrations we do, the more explanations we do, all those increase compliance. And another factor according to clients which increase the compliance is chronic refill reminders. Now when we start talking about reminders, you know, I used to be of the mindset, why should I send a reminder for heartburn prevention? Why should I send a reminder for any product? Because the client knows, surely they know when they run out of product. I sit there, gave the last pill, I'm out of product, I need to go get some more product. Well, I need to tell you something. Heartburn prevention is not like toilet paper. When you run out of toilet paper, you will go to the store tomorrow and you will buy more toilet paper. You'll use paper towels one time. We've all done it one time, but the next day we will go buy more toilet paper. Heart, heart prevention, on the other hand, I can go next week or I can go the following week, or I'll go when I'm taking the kids to the dentist. You know, I have an entire month to get it, and a month goes by or two months goes by, and more than likely it's six months come going by, and they're into the practice, and you realize they haven't come back in. When ProHeart was released in 2001, it was an injection. So the first thing I went and did, uh, I was shot, I need to send a reminder. And I had a technician asked me, how come we're having reminders for the injection, but not a reminder for the multi-product? And I said, nope, yep, that's a very good question. I can't have, didn't have a good answer. So we sat down and we created reminders for the multi-product. If they got one pill, they got a reminder in a month. They got six pills, they got a reminder in six months. So we kind of set a reminder system up to remind them. And our reminder system was set up that all, we ran reminders every thursday and we ran up with what was due the following week we ran also what were to for three weeks before and they got a postcard we also ran a third one that was due two months before and those people got a phone call and when we would call those people on a phone call that had not come in to get their heart prevention the number one response we got while they hadn't come in was they still have pills left they weren't giving them every 30 days. They weren't being compliant. They weren't following the instructions. Compliance is a major, major problem. Now, I am a past-president American Heartworm Society. I've presented at probably past five or six heartworm symposiums. I've been a symposium chairperson. I'm the current chairman's research committee. My practice does better, right? No. 50% of the clients went home without anything. Of more concerning, disconcerting is looking at the ones that are actually getting product. Only 16% got 12 months. Again, it comes back to the 80-20% rule. 20% of your clients give you 80% of your income. If you get 80% of those 20% being compliant, that puts me at 16%. You now, that 16% of my clients that are getting product, if not broke, I'm not going to fix it, but I need to do something for those other two-thirds that aren't being compliant. Now we look at the preventers out there in the market. There's four active ingredients. We have ivermectin, milbemycin, moxidectin, selamectin. There are multiple products to use each of those drugs. There's chewable tablets to take care of intestinal worms. There's ones that have things added for flea control. There's topicals. There's injectables. There's all kinds of ways we can use product. The question is, what's the best product? And the one that is the best product is the one that the client is going to use and have the best compliance with all these products have the same mode of action, all have failed in at least one study to be 100% effective in preventing heartworms, but all are 9% effective when given according to the legal instruction. But if they don't give it, it's not going to give us broad-spectrum control. I'm a firm believer of broad-spectrum parasite control, which means heartworm, and intestinal worm, you know, ectoparasites year-round. But if a client is not giving it according to label instruction, they're not getting broad-spectrum parasite control. So I need to be able to have another tool in my toolbox that I can use. If I can only prevent one thing, I want it to be heartworm. If they get intestinal worms, yeah, they're going to have some diarrhea, they're going to have some colitis, they may have some issues. But an adult dog, I'm not going to lose an adult dog from intestinal worms, typically. Ectoparasites, yes, I can get flea by dermatitis, yes, I can get tick-borne disease, but I can typically treat those and cure those. If they get heartworm, I can treat the heartworm infection, but heartworm disease will be from now on. They will have permanent damage done to those lungs. That's not gonna go away. So if I could only prevent one thing, I want it to be heartworm. This is where ProHeart6 comes in. That client that cannot remember that when you start looking at those ones your clients, you go through on your annual exam and you count how many doses of prevention they've given and you realize they've only gotten six or eight, have the discussion with them, why aren't you remembering to give it? And if they just can't remember, they're forgetting, this is the place to talk about ProHeart 6. This is an injectable product. It's the only product that we have any control as veterinarians over compliance. It can't be split. It can't be shared between another animal. The time is going to be right because we know when it's given. We know it's going to be given at the right dose, and we know that the animal is going to be protected from heartworm. Very, very important tool and something that you don't have in your toolbox, you should consider adding because as veterinarians, our number one job is to prevent disease, and we want to prevent heartworm. Thank you for your attention, and I hope you have a great day.
0: Dr. Nelson, thank you for sharing your insights and experience with our listeners today. To all of our listeners, thank you for spending time with us. We hope that you found the information shared in this session useful. If you would like to learn more about this topic, please be sure to check out our related programs, which you can access from vetfolio.com. Let us know what you thought about this session or what other topics you'd like to hear on future podcasts. You can connect with the Vetfolio team via email at support at Vetfolio dot com. Thank you to our podcast sponsor, Zoetis, for supporting this Vetfolio Educational Podcast. That's a wrap, listeners.